0: I want to mention uh, that we're going to be beginning a brand new series to uh, to kick off the new year. It's not just a sermon series, but it's a 40-day campaign that we believe is going to help you take your spiritual life to another level. I want you to look at the screen uh, for some details about this 40-day campaign. 40 Days of Prayer, amen. We're going to do a campaign called 40 Days of Prayer, and during this 40-day campaign, we're going to have prayer guides that will give us a special prayer focus for every day during that 40 days. We're also going to have a 40-day New Testament reading challenge. How many of you remember last year we did a 30-day challenge? Well, this was going to be easier. <laughs> 40 days. We have a 40-day New Testament reading challenge we're going to kick the year off with. We're also going to begin on January 5th through the 26th, our annual uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting that's going to be a part of this campaign. And I'm going to preach a seven-week sermon series on how to change your life forever by learning how to more effectively pray. Amen. Now, I can't think of a better way to start off the new year. It was either going to be a seven-week series on prayer Or, since we just finished the Ten Commandments, I thought about doing a 613 week series on all the laws of Moses. Or a 2,000 week series on all the hedge laws that the Pharisees added. So, but you know, I thought that might take a while, like 40 some years. So, I think we'll stick with the seven week series on prayer to kind of kick things off. So, today we are finishing, thank you, Amy. She's bringing me some more tea because I'm still battling this throat thing, whatever it is. Today we're finishing up our sermon series called God's Top Ten, which has been a study of the Ten Commandments and how they still relate to our lives. We have been in Exodus, (coughs) and I think we've covered the Ten Commandments pretty well. I hope this series has helped you connect with these timeless principles, and I want to wrap up by going to the New Testament for an interesting question Uh, that was asked of Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 12, and verse 28. If you don't have your Bible with you, you can look on the screen. It says this. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Whenever Jesus says the most important whatever, it's time to perk your ears up, right? The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the the one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of the law was listening to Jesus and he asked Him in verse 29, he said, of all the commandments, which is the most important? So today I want to close this series on the Ten Commandments with this message. The most important commandment. The most important commandment. Amen. Now, we read in or we read in 3 John that he who says that he loves him, that's referring to Christ, ought to keep his commandments. In other words, we demonstrate or we show our love for Jesus by our obedience to his word. This is taught all throughout the New Testament. Paul elaborates specifically on, on, this, on this concept of the commandment in Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. And I want to read it to you. It says, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others. And notice this. He says, love fulfills the requirements of God's law. Love fulfills the requirements of God's law. God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, These commandments make up the foundation of the law. They still make up the foundation of God's law today. But on this particular night that Jesus was about to be, (coughs) excuse me, the night before he was about to be crucified, he was giving his disciples a new perspective on the Ten Commandments or on the commandments in general. Jesus was trying to emphasize the importance of a key principle that he wanted them to embrace. Now, as I've mentioned a few times in this series, Commandments 1 through 4 were about our relationship with God. Commandments 5 through 10 have been about our relationship with others. Amen? Now, this great commandment, or in the words of Jesus, the most important commandment would be the test of whether or not His followers were true disciples. Their obedience to this was going to separate them from the crowd. It was going to distinguish who the true disciples of Jesus were and who, frankly, was this opposer. Amen? Amen? So Jesus is given a sermon on the resurrection when suddenly this scribe interrupts him with this question. Of all the commandments, which is the most important? So Jesus says the most important command is, and then I want you to notice what he starts doing. He starts quoting from the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. Here's what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Now last week, I told you that biblically the heart is the center of man from which our attitudes and our thoughts and everything about us flows. Jesus said, love him with all your heart, soul, and strength. Now when you read this, I think it's pretty apparent that we ought to be loving God with passion and with zeal. Can the church say amen? And now it ought not be passive. There ought to be something within us that responds and comes alive when it comes to our love for God. Amen. God says that our love toward Him should be so exclusive that there is no competition, there is no rivalry, there is no sense in which we have a division of spirit, no rival worship within us. That's why when it comes time to sing, it ought to be easy to raise our hands. Can somebody say amen? It ought to be easy to open our mouth, amen? It ought to be easy to give God our best. You know why? Because I'm going to love God with all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my soul, and all of my strength. Matter of fact, can you love on him right now. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord, in this house. But then secondly, I want you to notice that Jesus combined the passage from Deuteronomy with something from the book of Leviticus. It says in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, it says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So when Jesus says the most important commandment is, one, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and two, to love your neighbor as yourself, he's doing something really amazing here. I don't want you to miss this. He takes all ten commandments, the first four that are about loving God, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then he takes the last six that are all about how we relate to other people, and love your neighbor as yourself, And he rolls them into these two commands that are really just one commandment about love. Jesus takes all ten, makes them two, which are reflected by one thing, our love for one another. Now here's another passage telling the same story, Matthew 22, verse 35. One of them, an expert in the law, always be careful when an expert's getting ready to speak. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. How many of you know some questions are sincere, some are just a test? Verse 36, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Then he elaborates a little bit in this passage all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That's why Paul said in Romans 13:10, love fulfills the requirements of God's law. What Jesus is saying is that when we love God with the level of intensity that allows us to give Him our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, guess what? It becomes easy for us to love our neighbors and our friends. Come on. You show me somebody that truly loves God passionately with their heart, their mind, their soul and their strength, I'll show you somebody that doesn't have that heart of a time most of the time loving their neighbor as themselves. And this type of love, all the law it said, and all the words of the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love is the most important commandment. Now, one day, Jesus encountered a young lawyer, and here's another question that, that drills this principle of the commandment of love down even just a little bit deeper. Turn to your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Luke 10, 25. This is the part of the service where years ago, when I first started pastoring you would be here, pages flip. Now we live in a day of technology where everybody has their Bibles on their phones and... and I kind of miss the page flipping, to tell you the truth, amen. But I'm also a guy who likes newspapers, so that tells you something too. (laughs) Something about getting that ink on your fingers, it just makes it feel like real news. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Because we all know that everything on Facebook is true, right? (laughs) Luke chapter 10, verse 25. One day, an expert in religious law, here he comes again, all the experts, stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And I love what Jesus does here. He flips the script. Jesus says, well, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? What he didn't say, but he was implying was, you're the expert. (laughs) You tell me. What does it say? How do you read it? Verse 27. The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And, notice this, and love your neighbor as yourself. I wonder where he heard that. Verse 28, right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. So this guy's asking Jesus a question, again, not because he wanted an answer, but because he was trying to trip him up. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus says, well, you know the law. What do you think it says? And what does the guy do? He quotes from Deuteronomy. Same verses we read just a little while ago. Love the Lord your God with all thy heart, all thy mind, and all thy strength. And he adds, love your neighbor as yourself. So what did Jesus say? Do that and you'll live. But now, read the Bible. It says he wanted to justify himself. So he asked another question. Keep going. Let's go to Luke 10, 29. The man wanted to justify his actions. So now he ask another question. He asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So who's my neighbor? Who do I have to love to inherit eternal life? Don't you love people that always want to do just enough to get by? What do I have to do on the job in order to fulfill my nine to five? How much do I have to clean in order to clean the house? How clean is my room in order for it to be clean? Who do I have to love in order to fulfill this mandate of loving my neighbor? So you know what I love? Jesus just cut to the quick. He didn't even answer. He just started telling another story. Verse 30. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was Traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. He was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes. Beat him up. Left him half dead beside the road. Now don't miss the fact that the guy that got beat up and robbed was a Jewish man. Verse 31. By chance a priest comes along. Everybody say religious guy. But when he saw the man lying there. He crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Not only did he pass him by. He's like oh my gosh. Maybe he won't see me. Maybe if I walk on this side of the road, I can pretend like I didn't see this guy laying in the ditch. So he crosses the road, walks right on by. Verse 32, a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, a Levite. But he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. Religious guy. Walks on the other side of the road. Another religious guy takes a look, keeps on going. A despised Samaritan comes along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Now, check this out. He didn't just feel sorry for him, but now going over to him. Now, that's another sermon altogether. Sometimes we need to put wheels on our compassion. Sometimes our compassion needs to move from our heart to our hands and our feet. Can the church say amen? And by the way, here's a plug for an activity that's coming up on Christmas Day. If you'd like to bless the homeless in our community, we'll be going to feed them on Christmas Day. We've been doing it for years. Amen. If you're not able to go or you don't want to go, that's fine. You can fill up a box next Sunday, bring some supplies. There's a list out there. You can pick that up at the Welcome Center. Is that correct? There's a list that you can pick up and you can be a part of that. So let's not just be compassionate. Let's be hands and feet compassionate. Amen. Verse 34. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. Did you notice this? The man put him on his donkey, took him to an inn and took care of him. That means he paid the bill. Verse 35, the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. He obviously was a man of integrity because the innkeeper took him at his word. Verse 36, and I love what Jesus said now. He looks back at the guy. (laughs) Now, which of these three would you say expert in the law? Which one would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. He couldn't even say the Samaritan. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. You Most of you know the story, but for those of you who don't, I just read it. A religious guy walks past the hurting man. Another religious guy walks past the hurting man, and a Samaritan comes along. And for those of you who don't know, you think we've got racial issues today? The Jews hated the Samaritans. Samaritans were considered a mixed race, and so they despised the Samaritans. And so this guy says, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said a certain Samaritan came. So Jesus turned to this young lawyer, and he asked him, he says, who do you think did the right thing? The answer is, my neighbor is anybody who needs my help and anybody who offers me help. Now I want to add that because some of you are okay with giving help, but you're not okay with receiving help. Right? Come on. Who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? That person who is in need is my neighbor not just the guy who lives on my street it's anybody I come in contact with that is my neighbor and when should I love my neighbor that was also answered in this parable that Jesus answered whenever I see a need and I am able to help amen now let me help you let me let me let you off the hook a little bit we can't meet every need I get that right There's a lot of needs that I see that I wish I could help, but I can't help. But you know what? Just because I can't help everybody doesn't mean I can't help somebody. Rodney likes to tell us this all the time. I think it's great. Help some, do for one what you'd like to do for everybody else. Countless opportunities come before you and I every single day. And sometimes we don't reach out because we're not concerned or we don't want to be bothered. Or we think, well, I can't do what I want to do, so I'm not going to do nothing at all. Did you know sometimes even if you can't physically help, you can emotionally connect? You can emotionally connect. I'm really sorry you're in this jam. I wish I could help you. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of broke, busted, and disgusted myself. But I just want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you. And if I could, I would. That goes a long way. But there's another twist in this commandment about this love thing. And I want you to look at John chapter 13, verse 34. I want you to notice that Jesus is in the upper room. And he's sharing some interesting words with his disciples before he's to be crucified. We've heard about the new, I'm sorry, the most important commandment. But now Jesus is telling them he's going to give them a new commandment. Are you ready? Look at this. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. A new commandment? What Jesus was, when Jesus was in Mark 12, that wasn't a new commandment. I already told you about that. It was found in Deuteronomy. It was found in Leviticus. He rolled them into one. Share with them that we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. And he said that on these hang the law and the prophets. These are the great commandments. So loving God and loving my neighbor, they're not really new, are they? These weren't new commandments. But here Jesus said, I'm giving you a new commandment. That you love one another. Well, that's not new. Well, the next part is, notice the standard. He's raising the bar. Love each other. Just as I have loved you. They had never been loved before like Jesus loved them. They had never experienced love at the level that they were now experiencing it from Jesus. No one had ever loved them the way Jesus had loved them and the way he was about to demonstrate his love for them. No one had ever loved so unconditionally, so without prejudice, so without bias, so without religious preconditions. Jesus said, love as I have loved you. You want to know how Jesus loved? Jesus loved, it didn't matter what race they were. It didn't matter what culture they were. It didn't matter what religion they were. It didn't matter what sexual orientation they were. Come on, somebody. It didn't matter if they were gender confused. It didn't matter if they were a drug addict or a dope addict. Come on, it didn't matter to Jesus. It didn't matter if they were a lying, cheating tax collector. It didn't matter if it was an adulterous woman. Come on, it didn't matter if it was a bunch of religious hypocrites. Jesus said, love as I loved you. And folks, I'm going to tell you, that's raising the bar to another level. That's raising the bar to a new level. Care for one another. Lift up one another. Strengthen one another. Without pretense, without regard to race, religion, creed, or politics. Jesus loved, and he wants us to love the same way he loved Jesus said, you shall love one another just as I have loved you. And why is this kind of love so important? Here it is, verse 35. You want to know why this was so important? For your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus says, I don't want you to love just because people need love. I don't want you to love just because you can be my hands and feet. I want you to love at an unprecedented level so that people in the world will know that you really are my disciples and your lives have been changed. That's the test. In the King James Version, it reads it this way. By this shall all men know. By this. Not by how much money you drop in the offering plate not by how many ministry teams you're on, not by how many small groups you attend, not by how many little old ladies you walk across the street. Jesus said, you'll be known as my disciples by how you love one another. And as believers, it ought to be a love that extends beyond a casual greeting to being a love that is real and authentic. See, there's a lot of ways that God knows, right? Right? He can see our faithfulness. He can see the fruit of the Spirit. He can see our honesty, our integrity, our purity, our right attitudes. See, God can see our hearts. But men need to see the fruit of our love. Your works eventually, though, quit impressing people if you're not genuinely loving people. Come on, there's a lot of people that have zero love for people that can write a check to the Salvation Army, that can give a year-end gift to their church. Come on, somebody, I'm just telling you the truth. There's a lot of people that they can act like or do certain things, but do you have it in your heart? Who is my neighbor? Well, first of all, we need to start with our family. Start loving at home. Start loving at home, amen? Don't try to impress other believers with your spirituality if you don't love your wife and your kids. Amen? Don't try to act all holy at church on Sunday and you act like the devil Monday through Saturday. Amen? They know. So start loving at home. And then you love your extended family. Who's that? Yeah. (laughs) In-laws, that's right. Your in-laws, your outlaws, your crazy Aunt Jean, your Uncle Jim who talks too much, your mean brother, your crazy sister. Not just the ones that are easy to love. By the way, and if you say you ain't got nobody in your family, guess what? You're the one. (laughs) You thought you didn't have no nuts in your family. Guess what? You're the one. That's a rhema word for somebody here today, Amen. Got a little rhema for you. Ugh. your family, also your church family. By this shall all men know, not just the ones that are easy to love. Can I, can I be real about the church? Sometimes the hardest people to love are people that you go to church with. Well, that church ought not be that way. You're absolutely right, but church is that way. The ones that are rude to you when you speak to them. The ones that look down their noses at other people. Love them. They obviously need it. Amen. And can I just say this? If there's people in this church that you won't talk to or you don't talk to because of something in your heart, I'm going to say this with all the love I can of Jesus, you need to make it right with God and then you need to make it right with them. Amen. Amen. You don't have to invite them over for Christmas dinner. You don't have to go shoot pool with them after church. But you need to make it right. Because, <laughs> folks, I'm going to just tell you, life is too short to have a bunch of people on my naughty list and a bunch of people on my good list. Amen. It's too, life is too complicated to keep score. Amen. You know what, life, life is a whole lot simpler When you already know some people just ain't going to treat you right, but you're going to love them anyway. It's a whole lot simpler. Who's your neighbor? After your family, after your church family, it's our world. Anyone and everyone who does not know God. This whole concept of love, it's not just a good idea, folks. It's a commandment. Jesus said, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love everybody the way I love you. Here it's it's said again, John chapter 15, 12. It's repeated again. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I've loved you. How has he loved you? I can tell you how he's loved me. He's been unceasingly merciful. He's forgiven me so many times. He took me off drugs and alcohol as a 15-year-old boy. I was breaking into homes. I was stealing stuff. I was stealing stuff. I remember one year, I actually bragged about it. I was 15 years old. I remember one year, I stole every Christmas gift that I gave to my family. It it was a challenge to me. I said, I'm not going to pay for one thing. I'm going to steal every." And I did when I was 15 years old. I I didn't get caught. I must have been pretty good at it. I don't know. And God forgave me all that stuff. And then I became a Christian. And then you know what he forgave me? He forgave me of being a Pharisee. He forgave me of being so self-righteous. He forgave me of thinking I was better than everybody else just because I found the cross. I wasn't better than everybody else. I was just more lucky than everybody else. That's how he's loved me. That's how he's loved me. I don't know how he's loved you but I know he said, how I love you is how I want you to love other people. So here's, here's here's a question that I was asking myself all week long. Is it really possible to love as Jesus loved? Is it really possible? I don't know if it's possible, but I know it's the mark that we're supposed to strive for. That's the best answer I could come up with. It's probably not possible for most of us, but what is possible is to try your best to love the way that Jesus loved. Attaining it, you know what I think? I think attaining it is probably not the goal. I think striving to be like Jesus and loving like he would have loved if all of us did our best, can you imagine how radically we would change our world if we all just tried? We love Romans 5 and 5 because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. See, the Holy Spirit helps you to love in a way you couldn't love before. We need to pray for God to not only help us to love others, but to love them with a pure heart. 1 Peter 1, 22 says, You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now, love sincerely, deeply, with all your heart. I want the praise team of musicians to come. Today I'm making up for all those messages that I went an hour. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I want to close this message with one of my favorite versions of a very popular passage of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 13 from the message. Are you ready? <clears throat> if I speak with human eloquence, and Joel, start playing for me as soon as you can. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, ecstasy, but don't love I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've got nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe or what I do I am bankrupt without love love never gives up love cares more for others than for self love doesn't want what it doesn't have love doesn't strut doesn't have a swelled head. Doesn't force itself on others. Is not always me first? Doesn't fly off the handle. Doesn't keep scores of the sins of others. Doesn't revel when others grovel. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back. But keeps going to the end. Love never dies. I want you to stand with me all over this house. The most important commandment. It's so amazing to me. Ten commandments, 613 laws, 2,000 hedge laws. And it all boils down to one word. Love. 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 Loving others as He loved us. Folks, we need to look for practical ways to show our love every day. Be a constant source of encouragement and positive affirmation. Bear one another's burdens. Participate in life's highs and lows with somebody else. Take time to assist an elderly person. Call on somebody who's hurting. Provide transportation to church for somebody who needs a ride. Help somebody move. Man, you can really speak love when you help somebody move. Call people to let them know that you're thinking about them. Leave a good tip and a church card for the server. If you don't leave a good tip, don't tell them you go to Life Church. Don't even tell them you love Jesus. Amen. Here's a tough one smile. How hard is that to do? Just smile. Next time you're not sure how to witness to somebody, just show them some love. Show them some love. Your love for one another will prove to the world. You're my disciples. That's what the book says. Jesus said they will know you're my disciples by how much you love and not judge, not look down on, not even give your money to a good cause by how much you love. I remember a couple months ago, we went out to eat after church on Sunday, me and my family. And I don't don't do this very often. But we were talking, I'm always very nice with the server, and I ask their name, I tell them who I am, I always do that. I just felt a little extra nudge that day, and I, I don't do this very often, but I just said, look, and I said this, I said, I don't do this very often. I said, but I'm a pastor of a church close by, and I said, is there something I can pray with you about? And she just started sobbing. Ruby Tuesdays, after church. She said, first she was like, oh, she said, yeah, I'm a single mom. I'm working. She started telling us her situation, and it was tough. And I said, would it be all right if we pray with you? I just took her hand right there, and we prayed just a little short prayer. I wasn't speaking real loud. I wasn't yelling in tongues. <laughs> I wasn't prophesying. I wasn't spitting or jerking my head back. <laughs> just took her by the hand. And I just said, Lord, I can't even remember her name now. I just say, Lord, I just want you to bless Tracy. I believe you sent us here today. You gave her to us today. And you gave us to her. And I just want to encourage her. And I want to speak life into her today. And She was praying. She had little tears running down her cheek. And then when I was done, I made sure and I left a, a very generous tip very generous for me too and she was so thankful so appreciative and again I don't do that very often I don't feel compelled to do that very often but that day I just listened to the little prompting so here's what I want to encourage you to do I'm trying to make this practical this week and by the way everybody's nice at Christmas so after Christmas is over And nobody cares about feeding the homeless anymore. Nobody cares about handing out gift cards anymore. After this is all over, just say, God, help me to speak life into somebody today. Amen. Amen. Help me to love one another. It's the most important commandment. Help me to be your hands and your feet. So here's how I want to close this service today. We've been doing it the last few weeks. Why don't you just step out from where you are. We're going to walk down to this altar. Here's what I want you to pray. Depending upon where you are in this season of your life. Some of you might have some love issues you need to get straight. With family, friends, church members, co-workers. You already know when I was talking about it, God said, hey you need to make the peace with somebody I want you to step out from where you are some of us, there's no drama, there's no whatever you know what you need to do, you just need to say God, I want to be your hands and feet I want to close the year by being a blessing to somebody and I want to adopt a new posture in my life in 2020 I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus and show love everywhere I go and I hope and pray if you're a believer that you feel that way, amen so why don't we right now keep on coming in, keep packing in? Let's begin to pray and let's ask the Lord to help us. Let's ask the Lord to use us, and let's ask Him to let His love be shed and broaden our hearts. Amen. Come let us worship our King. Come, let us
1: bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what.
0: o'clock. I think they're doing an ornament exchange. It's not too late to make plans to be here. It's one of the best events of the year. Six o'clock tonight. Men, enjoy watching some football. Relax this evening. Clean the house while your wife is gone. (laughs) Show love. (laughs) Give somebody a hug. Tell them you're dismissed in Jesus' name. We'll see you next Sunday.